All right, everyone. So uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, honored today to have like Mark Bell as a guest. I've actually been following his social media stuff for uh, for quite a while now, and he's like a very interesting guy with with a lot of knowledge to share. Uh, so Mark, welcome to the show. If you've been following me, then you know that I'm on a 10 minute walk right now. <laughs> yeah, which is to totally okay. Um, so yeah, I wanted to, uh, Mark has a long resume of stuff. Uh, I'll post it in the description. So we'll kind of just jump right in. Uh, Mark, I wanted to kind of get your perspective on any kind of advice you have for for people that are are trying to find their health again in America, you know? So it's, I think like more confusing than ever these days. Uh, like for example, right. uh, I grew up on a, on a biodynamic farm in Ukraine. And when I came to America, I foolishly believed like everyone grew food that way, you know? So I didn't even question like, uh, I didn't even know what industrial agriculture was, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, like four years ago, I embarked on a journey to try to find like quote unquote natural food, the way we kind of grew food on that uh, uh, biodynamic farm in Ukraine. And to me, it became like almost impossible. I mean, it took like a tremendous amount of research to even be able to source like quote unquote natural food. So I presume people experience that in a wide variety of health topics. So I was wondering if I can kind of get your perspective in terms of how you overcame injuries in the past, uh, maybe some mentors that helped you, what kind of diets and uh, you've tried to implement as well and, and all that stuff. So great. Yeah. Staying attached to your fitness might be the single greatest thing that you ever try to venture into because it's uh, part of a category of uh, something that I would refer to as personal development and the acquisition of uh, knowledge and then dumping that knowledge into your day-to-day -day life is called wisdom. And the more wisdom that we build up, the more resilient that we can be. And resilience is a key factor to being able to survive and thrive and live a long and prosperous life. If you think about a child and a child's development and even just how sometimes people are like, man, kids are, kids are wild, man. They get sick and then they're totally fine. Like a day later, two days later, something that would wipe an adult out usually, you know, um, you take another, you know, take another example with kids is that um, people are like, oh man, when I was a kid, I could eat whatever I wanted. I didn't have any problem with carbs. Well, children don't necessarily, they, they could, depending on, there's many uh, health observations that you can come to, to understand how a human can become more insulin resistant or just deal with carbohydrates less over time. But basically children and adults are both human beings and we both deal with food in very similar ways it's just that children move a lot they stay attached to their fitness without even really noticing it or knowing it think about a baby that's going from crawling to walking could you imagine the amount of calories that are burned up in comparison to how much food that baby eats in a day calorically like it's probably a, it's probably i don't know i'm just going to make up a number but it's probably represents 20 or 30 percent um as an adult you can exercise almost as much as you want and it's hard to even tap into burning 10 percent of your calories my point here is that you have to stay attached to your fitness because when you're a kid and you're moving around that much that is what's helping you chew up some of those carbohydrates some of the uh you know fruit punch that you would drink and some of the uh cheetos that you would eat and some of these other things it's not it's not because you're a kid that you were staying thin or not gaining weight it was because you moved a bunch so you have to figure out a way to move a lot and then if we break that down and say what's a simple way for people to move a lot well how about we lower the barrier of entry into movement and let's say not everybody has to be a power lifter not everybody has to be a bodybuilder well, let's figure out some reasonable ways to move every single day. And the easiest, one of the easiest things to do or simplest things to do is just to walk. Mm -hmm. And if you can walk multiple times a day, two, three, four, five times a day for whatever amount of minutes you can allocate to it, that's going to be a big advantage in staying connected to your fitness and just live in a lifestyle where you're burning some calories your actual calorie intake, like what you eat, is also going to be a massive factor. But uh, 
in my opinion, just way more difficult to rein in and uh, takes a crazy amount of practice. So walking is great. And then from there, we need one more component because if you can build up some muscle mass, you can really do yourself a lot of favors. It's a nice investment for the future. Um, lifting weights burns calories in the future. How cool is that? <laughs> because when you lift weights and you have muscle mass on your body, for every time that you gain muscle, you are gaining the ability to burn more calories, to eat more food, to get away with having a few more drinks or eating an extra bowl of ice cream here and there and not having it uh, really impact you super negatively or um, have it show up on your body, which is, by the way, you know, one thing to keep in mind, I'll just kind of end with this, let you get into your next question, but um, the single greatest thing you can do for your health is to drop body fat. So people need to really, that, that's, and that's why it's so important to stay attached to your fitness. The single greatest thing you can do for yourself is to drop body fat. There's so much research on this. Just, just not being fat is the key to fitness. Yeah, I also found on the CDC website, like basically uh, like males over 15% body fat, especially males over 25%. Uh, body fat, which are obese, basically have like a three to 500% greater chance of like complications from COVID just from, mm. just from being that overweight, you know? Well, and you bring up a great point. Like, Hey, you know, just don't be over 25% body fat. Like I, I realize people struggle and I realize people have a hard time. I also understand there's psychological issues that people are dealing with. My mom dealt with that her whole life and she's gone. She died at 69 years old. Um, and I've had other people in the family get sick and have all kinds of issues. So it, it hits close to home for me too. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm empathetic towards it. I, I understand it, but look, man, the message is simple. Just don't be fucking fat, <laughs> you know, just figure out a way. Like, I, I don't mean to sound like crass or whatever, but like, it's, it's the truth, man. You got to make a decision. And if you think about what are the top what are the top five ways to just not be fat? It might be easier than you trying to think about being skinny because really your requirement is like, Hey, you know what? Let me just stop this um, snowball effect of gaining weight. Like forget about losing weight. Let me just see if I can not gain it anymore because every holiday, I mean, if you're, if you're a big person in general and you're graduate high school and you're, 250 pounds and you're a male if you just stayed 250 pounds you'd probably be okay like you probably wouldn't be like 250 pounds is not like you know it's not that it's not that let next level you're not wearing three and four x shirts and stuff like that so how can you know what are some of the top ways you can just be less fat one is through movement i, I just think movement is is superior and the only reason why i say movement is superior is because it the food part of it it just takes so damn long the movement part of it can happen right now the food part of it it's going to take you a while for you to turn every meal into a good decision is going to take you probably a decade mm -hmm. for you to get outside and walk you could do that right now and have that done in 10 minutes right so that's that, that's kind of my own personal belief but getting back to what you said about people being 25 percent you know what are some ways we can be less fat well let's let's have some movement going on let's do some sort of resistance training so we can have some muscle mass because that will help augment our body and that'll allow us in occasions where we want to overeat it will allow for us to kind of auto regulate that and auto correct on that and then also let's let's talk about eating the best way to uh, regulate the amount of food that you eat is not to weigh it. It's not to have a set amount of calories every day, not to track everything that you eat. It's quite simply to eat more protein. There's not one thing on the planet that you can point to me and show me that has, that's unhealthy for you, that has a shit ton of protein in it. It doesn't exist. Think about it. Think about all the foods that you know about. What's really like really high in protein that's bad for you? 
So if you just went protein minded and went protein first, you'd be out ahead of the pack. And there's actually research that shows if you have protein and fat meal about a half an hour before you eat, you guys can try this trick. Guys that listen to this, have a protein and fat meal, mix a whey protein shake with a little bit of uh, extra virgin olive oil or something like that, or even like a little bit of peanut butter. I think olive oil might work a little bit better. About 30 minutes prior to a meal, and if you can test this out with a continued glucose monitor, what you eat after that 30 minutes later has less of an impact on you from a glucose perspective. It doesn't necessarily mean that you get away with eating whatever you want and you're not going to get fat, but protein is, is, is the ultimate because what protein does is it leverages you to in general eat less, but it also helps the protein in fact help stabilize the blood sugar so yeah there's a lot there's a lot that can be made out of simply just loading up on protein and if you want to try to figure it out on your own just go one gram per pound of body weight weigh 200 pounds have 200 grams of protein per day and you're going to notice especially over over time over weeks and months it will stuff down your hunger and stuff down your cravings Mm -hmm. uh to the point where you get really focused and honed in on your diet. Yeah, I've noticed, especially with my fat loss clients, the second you basically transition them into like uh, one gram of protein per pound of body weight, like you said, or maybe 1.1, depending on whatever their goal, yeah. uh, immediately they probably eat, as compared to the standard American diet, like 30% less calories, just because they feel right. so much fuller. I don't know if you've experienced that with with any of oh yeah a hundred percent and you know i think a lot of times we think we're going on a diet and we think you have to eat a bunch of food that we don't like but you know take a pen and, and some paper and write down 20 of your favorite foods that sound reasonable to eat and lose weight you know um i'm sure you have some different forms of lean meat on there maybe steak or something wouldn't be on there because Maybe you're, maybe some people are still fearful of eating too much fat or something like that, but you know, that myth has been debunked a million times over. Um, but I would imagine you would have meat, fruit and vegetables on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people might like some uh, almonds or cashews or macadamia nuts or something, but for the most part, everybody's list is going to look about the same. Some people might lean into the vegetables more than the meat but when you have when you have options in terms of like eating some chicken thigh eating some potatoes eating some apples eating some strawberries um having spinach arugula cheese i mean look man i I don't know what more you want you know like this these foods can be so and there's so many different versions of cookbooks out there Mm -hmm. Yeah. that talk about healthy eating and, and give you the calories. And they're like, hey, pop it in your oven. It takes 10 minutes or whatever, 20 minutes. Um, there's a lot of great options out there. And you can, like, if you can't figure these things out and you're like, just, I don't know, just don't know how to cook and don't know where to start, start with a carnivore diet. Just eat meat all the time. Um, and then we get into we get into your zone of like, some of this factory farming stuff. And that is stuff, something to be conscious of. But again, I have to go back to this. One of the greatest things you can do for yourself is just to not be fat. If you want to figure things out, I would figure things out after you figured out how to be less fat, because otherwise you're probably going to be dead and you're going to be of no use or you'll be sick. So figure that out by any means necessary, whatever way you got to do it. And then you want to start figuring out grass-fed organic beef and you want to know where the meat is sourced and everything great go for it or if you can afford that while you're on your mission then great but anything you have to be careful because anything that you put in your way is going to be in your way and it's going to slow you down i'll give you an example a lot of people don't floss their teeth Hmm. but they but a lot of people will brush their teeth i would say probably a good percentage of americans brush their teeth twice a day. It's what we were taught since we were little, pound it into our heads, which by the way, you might not have to brush at all if you have the correct diet. 
<laughs> but that's another topic. Um, so you brush your teeth twice a day, but a lot of people don't floss. Why don't they floss? They don't floss simply because the floss is in the drawer and it's not out where the toothbrush is. Mm-hmm. Take your floss and put it next to the toothbrush. And now you have a good game plan to make sure that you're flossing every day. So how do we take stuff like that and put that into our day-to-day when it comes to nutrition? For me, that means I don't care if you stop at McDonald's or in and out burger and get a burger without the bun or you stop at your favorite restaurant. Be less fat by any means necessary. Gotcha. Well, to kind of touch on some topics in terms of, oh, I don't have enough time. One, I actually don't know how to cook even to this day, but one thing that has... (laughs) that has worked really well for me. It was basically uh, probably like your schedule. It's very like automated. I get up, I do emails for like 30 minutes to get my body woken up. Then I go for a 20 minute walk as my part of my warm up. Then I do my workout right after my workout is done. I put whatever my meat. Uh, I also eat some Jasmine white rice as well. So I put the meat in the mini oven, like a $40 mini oven I bought from or toaster oven I bought from Walmart basically. And then I put the rice in the rice cooker. While that's cooking, I'm taking a shower and getting ready for the day. And then right when I'm done with my shower, my food is ready for the whole entire day. So it's like right. almost zero time investment and requires literally uh, zero cooking skills. And I just have like good seasoning uh, that I put on the meat and uh, some butter maybe in the rice. And then it's like a done deal. So it's not, it's not, it's not too hard. Do you get any that is, kind of- That's awesome that kind of come at you and they're like, oh, this is too much meat. Why am I not having a lot more like grains in my diet? Cause I hear that often when I, when I give those recommendations sometimes. Yeah, I hear it a lot too. Um, and the truth, the truth is, is, is that, um, you know, I, I don't think, I, I think number one, we don't really truly know exactly the exact, you know, correct human diet, but we can speculate upon, you know, what we were supposed to eat and what we lived on. And then now we can speculate on what we thrive on. And I would imagine that we thrive on a little bit of variety. So I would agree with a lot of those people that say, Hey, like, why aren't I eating a piece of fruit? Well, fruit, you know, fruit or vegetables are not really that problematic. In my opinion, for most people, there's some people that might have issues with fructose or issues with uh, some of the stuff that's in vegetables oxalates and different things like that but for the most part you're not going to get fat again we got to go back to the get fat thing like how do we figure out how to not get fat one way to not get fat is to have some fiber in your diet because fiber can be filling as well just like protein can be and i think that protein and fiber to me they're very similar i don't think that protein should count as a calorie um the way that a lot of people don't count fiber as a calorie but to your point, um, yeah, a lot of people will kind of argue, but the, the truth here is that we don't need dietary carbohydrates. The human body doesn't really need them. You may feel like you require them because you need them for something specific or you have specific goals, but you don't really need to eat uh, an out. You don't need to outsource your, uh, your carbohydrates. I personally have found that eating a little bit of carbs goes a long way so if i have 30 grams or 50 grams a day it also it helps to keep me out of ketosis which is kind of a in my opinion kind of a starvation uh mode that your body kind of gets into to protect itself so you so you don't uh lose muscle mass which could be viewed as being good but i don't think like not eating carbs forever is uh is necessarily a great idea. Although I will say that you can, as I pointed out earlier, you can survive just fine that way, mm-hmm. but can you thrive that way? It's kind of an, that's maybe an individual thing, right? I always wondered like, you know, the basically, I mean, the human race has been around in various forms. I think there have been like 29 species, like variations of the human race that have come and gone over right. the years, but I think like the Homo sapien has been around for at least like 200,000 years in my understanding. Uh, and basically, right. I mean, before the advent of farming and cultivation of basically like uh, grains and domesticated animals, I mean, like what else, what else for those 190,000 years do they have available to eat? You know, they had basically mm-hmm. like wild game, wild f- fish, 
like seasonal fruits sometimes. Right. Uh, and then like occasionally whatever wild like vegetable or crop they found from time to time. And I'm pretty sure that was like, I mean, people oft oftentimes don't understand that there are basically like no calories in like non-starchy vegetables, you know? Yeah. Also, what about, um, you know, what about like not having a refrigerator, you know? And yeah, you, or that. You have to go, <laughs> you have to go hunt your food and like you and I go out and we try to kill something and we, and we miss it, you know? And then we go and we try again and we, we like, can't get the caribou or whatever it is that we're like hunting, whatever it is that we're after just in walking alone and then maybe running and throwing and whatever else we were trying to do. We may have burned, you know, a, a lot of calories for that day mm -hmm. to the point where we're so tired that we can barely hunt the next day. It's not like that anymore. You just get up and go to your pantry and grab some cookies and you have 50 grams of sugar in I mean, I think the timing of stuff too is really important. Like you might go through 50 grams of sugar in like 30 seconds or something, or, or maybe like, well, even just to say two minutes, right? But that's a, a huge amount to deal with. Like how there's no scenario where that would ever really happen in nature. I mean, I guess maybe you might be able to get some honey, but like you would get such small amounts of it. Mm -hmm. um, I can't even think of a scenario where there's, like anything that would now eating a hundred grams of protein and eating a hundred grams of fat in one sitting that probably happened all the time. And that's what people point out to be dangerous. Oh, you can't eat that much protein. That's bad for your kidneys. It's like, are you kidding me? You're going to come at me with that. When I just saw you stuck down that thing, of apple juice, mm -hmm. thinking you're healthy with the apple juice. Like. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm curious, have you ever been confused by the labels in the grocery store? In Yevgeny's book, he demystifies the difference between caged, cage-free, free-range, and pasture-raised meats. He also covers how to avoid GMOs, source high-quality water, fish, supplements, and other related topics. It's a beautifully illustrated, non-technical read that comes with a comprehensive video series and other extended learning materials. Jump on Amazon and check out the book titled Anti-Factory Farm Shopping Guide by Evgeny Trefkin. Now let's dive back into the podcast. Again, I think, I think some of these, you know, um, some of this stuff has been demonized. I think the carnivore diet is wonderful. I've had friends who's well over 200 pounds on the carnivore diet completely turn their lives around. I myself have lost 100 pounds between keto and carnivore. I used to be 330 and Nowadays, I'm 230 wearing a size 34 pants when before my pants were like 44, you know, so I, I've made a, a lot of huge strides on it and I couldn't imagine doing it any other, other way. And I've done it with uh, eating a large amount of protein and then factoring in other other uh, energy sources from there. So I consider fat and carbohydrates to be energy sources. I don't consider protein to be an energy source. So eat up, you know, eat up your protein and eat up your, uh, and eat up your fiber. And uh, maybe it also, you know, get in healthy amounts of fat every day, not necessarily healthy fats, because I don't really distinguish between saturated and omega-3 and stuff, but get in fats and uh, get your fiber and get your protein in. And then if there's some room, you know, to have a piece of cake, have some ice cream, um, eat some potatoes or whatever. I think that's fine. Like if you want to do it just from a psychological standpoint, shit, man, I think go for it. Like if you have, first of all, if you don't have a lot of health issues, then you might be able to go 70, 30 on your diet and look great and enjoy yourself and have a couple beers and stuff like that. If you're somebody that has issues and you're somebody that is overweight, you probably need to go more like 90-10 or 95-5 for a while. You know, you need to go, need to like try to make the right decision almost all the time, except for maybe like once a week where you, you let up a tiny bit. But that's the truth of it. I mean, if you're dumb, you need to go to the library, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> if, or you're, if you're really, you're really smart. You know? <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Internet. Yeah. But if you're really smart, it's like you don't really need to read more books. Mm -hmm. You just need to act, you know, and yeah. so 
that's uh that that's my my that's my life i grew up uh with learning disabilities kind of thinking i was dumb and i had to work on that other side of me probably for more hours than somebody who grew up who just kind of understood stuff a little bit better and that's totally fine for somebody else they might have to work in the gym there's hard gainers right there's people that we know that train hard and it's it's like legitimately very difficult for them to gain an ounce of muscle mm-hmm. and you're like i don't know what's wrong with this guy but that's life that's the way it is we, we're dealt a certain deck of cards and we all i believe we all have an ace in our deck of cards but it takes a long time to discover it and find it yeah and some credit to you mark i mean some people would be like oh you know it can't be just as easy as just walking a few times a day and changing up your diet you got to also remember like basically like these hunter gatherers, you know, before the cultivation of crops, basically, like they didn't have a Bally's membership. They didn't have like vaccines or medicine. They didn't have like a life coach or nutritionist or like a personal trainer. And they're all jacked, like all year round. Sure, they had probably physical injuries. And if you take out child mortality, uh, basically they lived until like 50 or 60 mm-hmm. as well, from my understanding, basically doing what, you, what, what you're talking about, just kind of they're walking around searching for food all day, which is kind of reinforcing your idea of just going for frequent walks. And then what are they eating? They're eating basically wild game, wild fish, and wild crops of various sorts. That's literally it. You trying to tell me that they didn't have a bunch of fitness apps on their uh, smartphone? No, they didn't. They, did, they definitely probably didn't track their steps. Although I'm pretty sure for corporate wellness, they would exceed the corporate wellness requirements, you know, for the amount of steps per day. Yeah, I think uh, I think they were up up in the yeah. uh, from some of the stuff I've heard. They were kind of more in the twenty thousand range. And I think a lot of people are trying to get ten thousand steps in a day. But I think just to make to make up for the boxes that we live in, and uh, just all the shelter that we have, all the conveniences of everything's climate controlled. You know, you God forbid it's hot in your car for ten seconds, mm-hmm. or cold cold in the grocery store for twenty seconds. Like we're not used to any of that, but all that stuff used to make us burn calories because mm-hmm. you had to adjust to it and your body had to, uh, you know, make you shiver when you're cold and so forth. And so you, you got to move a lot. And here, here's, here's the catch. There's always a catch, right? There's always a, <laughs> there's always a little thing in there <clears throat> that, uh, that gets you. And I hear, I think here's what gets you is that if you haven't moved in a long time and you got yourself you dug yourself a hole and you're, and you're very heavy. You're not going to want to move like the desire to move. There's no desire to move. And so this is where we get into this situation of, you know, try not like you can't, you can't try to be less fat. You have to be less fat. And in order to do that, I think where we have it twisted sometimes is that we think that we're going to lose weight and become healthy, but we need to be healthy first in order to lose weight. So right now, for some people that are listening, they need to just hang on to this little bit of hope that if they can just get something going for just a couple days in a row, they will start to feel, I promise you, you'll start to feel better. Now, it might take like two, three weeks, though, but two or three weeks is only 14 to 20, 20 days or so. And then you'll, you won't say, oh, shit, I have to walk. You're going to say, oh, I want to walk like you're going to like that. You're going to have a a need to walk, not to be less fat, but your brain is going to have a need to walk because your brain's going to be like, that shit's really good for me. I love the way that feels. Let's hit up that walk. And you know what? Let's walk a little further today. Let's go a little faster today. But the real the real catch here is that when people are really heavy, they don't want to move. It kind of reminds me of when someone's uh, bipolar or somebody has mental health issues and you try to tell them to calm down it's like well, that's not a great thing to tell somebody they don't have the capacity so for me to preach and for me to talk about the 10 minute walk is a little bit like a fuck you sometimes to these people that are really heavy because they're paralyzed but i understand that and i've seen that happen you have to make the conscious decision to recognize that you can do at least a little bit of what i'm saying you can at least meet me halfway and you can at least get going on this and once you get going on this, you'll have momentum. And once you get that momentum going, you're, you're never going to want to take a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like, um, I mean, sure, it's hard to make those lifestyle changes, but it's also like very hard to be very overweight. People forget that right. as well. And I would say like a lot harder 
overall in the grand scheme of things than taking the actions like you're you're talking about. And it's not easy to not only deal with the health problems of being overweight, but also like the social stigma of being overweight and the kind of, uh, you know, the limits it imposes on you, like the ripple effect of limits it imposes on you throughout every single aspect of your of your day and your life. And I don't mean that as, as a disrespectful way. I just mean that in the sense that, yes, it's hard to sometimes change your lifestyle and et cetera, and go for 10 minute walks and adopt a better diet for sure. But it's also not easy. And I'll say a lot harder just to stay overweight, just something something to give to give thought to and yeah i mean to reinforce uh to reinforce what you said a lot of people you know they view like uh, fat gain as a standalone issue but uh, it's important to also perceive it as like a symptom you know it's like what is it a symptom of it's usually like uh, paul check has a really good program on this one two three four overcoming obesity and disease i think it's like one of the best programs that outlines the etiology of weight gain and i mean in short i'll summarize it quickly uh, is basically, uh, you know, what what is fat gain a symptom of? It's a symptom of poor lifestyle and nutrition choices that are a symptom of a belief system that doesn't facilitate health conscious choices, obviously. And then that is a symptom of like three things. So there's like a love-hate relationship, there's a story gap in the person's life, and then there's also a sense of emptiness. And I would say a fourth variable would be, I, I don't know how you feel about this today, but I feel like just uh, like sickness and disease has been like normalized in America. Cause I feel like pretty much um, anywhere you go, like literally anywhere you go outside, like nine out of 10 people you run into are like in physical and mental pain, you know, like uh, full of obesity and disease. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, the entire thing is based upon a belief system. That's not true. You know, you think I'm going to eat this and it's going to make me feel better. Well, it does kind of work. That's that's the annoying thing because you do get a lot of dopamine and you get a lot of things going on in your brain and it makes you, it does make you feel wonderful. You did get that taste that you were looking for. Like I love peanut butter cups and you get that kind of crunchy peanut butter flavor that you were looking for from that peanut butter cup. It does satisfy that urge, that need for that peanut butter cup. But where the lie is, is that that's not the promise that you tried to make to yourself yesterday or the day before. Like you told yourself you were gonna be something different. And now here you are doing the same thing again. And to make matters even worse, we can be kind of mas masochistic with ourselves. We can be um, coercive with ourselves and say like, hey, you better do this by this time or else. you know. And then we put a lot of our self-worth into there and it's extremely damaging. And uh, next thing you know, that person, you know, is not uh, not getting around people as much as they used to. I know we got the COVID situation, but like in general, people that get heavy, you know, you won't find pictures of them. You don't see them smile as much. And it's just, a, it's a downward spiral in terms of your, in terms of your health. I'd like for people to you know, let's not lower the standard of what a human being is supposed to be. Let's raise it up and let's keep it high and let's be made out of something different than everybody else. I look at some elderly people and the grandmas and grandpas and stuff. I walk around town all the time. I observe people all the time. And these people are really like, they get a pass because they're older and no one wants to talk about it. And everyone's like, well, they're not that fat. But I, I, I disagree. Like they're, they have a, a lot of excess body fat on them mm -hmm. that is just, it's not providing them with any more health. You know, it's not, it's not giving them anything extra to be more vibrant or to live a more powerful life. And I'm also a believer in like, look, man, yeah, we can have some leeway. You know, like you don't have to be ripped. But I, I also think... <clears throat> Along those same lines, you don't have to be excessively fat. I have a few friends that are pretty tall, still pretty young, and they just have excessive amounts of body fat on them. And I'm just like thinking to myself, I, I, I understand how this happens. I get it. But do you need to be 150 pounds overweight or 100 pounds? Like, can you get to be, you know, 20 pounds overweight or 30 pounds overweight? Can we get below that 25% body fat? Like, I just don't think for a male. 
just don't think that's it's too much to ask. You brought up Paul Check. I mean, I don't think Paul Check is young. You know, and he he looks great. So I think people need to get over this whole thing of like, this is just me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just my genetics. It's like, man, the likelihood that it's your genetics is really, really slim to none almost. The likelihood that it's your environment and your choices mm-hmm. and your mindset is probably, you know, it's most likely through the roof. So let's explore that. And let's see, like, were you ever skinny? You know, like, here's two things to think about. A, were you ever skinny in your life? And B, have you ever lost weight before? If you were ever skinny, then you could work your way towards something similar. Maybe it'd be hard to get back to the way you looked when you're 20 if you're 60. That's totally understandable for many, many reasons. But have you ever lost weight before? Because if you lost weight before, 10 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, then you have showed yourself in the past that you understand the process. However, you made a large mistake because you thought there was something wrong with the way that you thought about it. There's something wrong with the way that you went about it. And in my opinion, you went about it by saying, I'm just going to eat less. Mm -hmm. Well, when you only eat less, you become less. Think about like you're trying to fuel a system to get you to do more and to be more and to be more, um, to just have a more inspired life. But how can you be inspired without any fuel? It doesn't make any sense. That's why I said earlier, it's, it's centered around this belief system that's fake. You know, you need to fuel yourself. You need to fuel yourself with good nutrients. And for those people that are listening to this, I really would love for you to try this for the next two weeks. Eat meat and eggs um, until, and cheese even until your heart's content for the next two weeks. Just go at it. Eat as much, <laughs> eat as much meat as you can. And as, like, just go for it. Over, over the course of those two weeks, by the time you get to like, Day number three or four, you're going to be pretty bogged down by the amount of food you're eating because of what I mentioned earlier about the protein leveraging. It's going to start to balance out your hunger. What will happen in the second week is your taste buds will be recalibrated and you'll understand the actual flavor of food because we lost that. Like, I don't think people have any idea how much, how, um, how good like spinach tastes just by itself or how good, uh, raw almonds with no, uh, no salt or anything. I don't think people even understand that has flavor. That is popping with tons of flavor if you pull flavor away from yourself. Give that a try and don't worry about the amount of food. Just worry about the, the quality of food. The quantity of food, when you make the right food choices, will take care of itself. If you want to find out a lot more information on that, you can look at some stuff that I've talked about on my YouTube channel, which is Mark Smelly Bell, or look up... Uh, the king of this stuff is Ted Neiman. He has amazing research on this kind of stuff. And he has a whole book about protein leveraging that outlines all of it. Well, yeah, regarding your comment about genetics, like, um, sure, some people have, you know, a, a slower metabolism that I feel they could correct with weightlifting, as you mentioned in the beginning, like bump it up quite a bit by just adding lean muscle to their body. But I also say some people like the myths are like, oh, you know, I can't burn calories or something like that, or I can't lose, lose weight because of my thyroid or my hormones are all messed up or I'm in starvation mode. I always kind of tell them like, look, man, if I went and dropped you off in the middle of the forest without food or water and came back in like one month, you'd be like a toothpick, you know? Right. right. So it's like, what happened to the starvation mode? You know, what happened <laughs> to genetics? How come... Uh, I hear, I, I don't know if you hear that often. I hear that quite a bit. Like I just can't lose weight no matter. Oh what. yeah. 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 You hear people say, you hear people make up all kinds of stuff, but it's really just things to guard themselves. You know, just trying to guard themselves away from the truth, like being heavy or even like maybe even equally as, as embarrassing as having a, um, having something wrong with you from a health perspective. You know, that's why the doctors and stuff aren't allowed to share your information with other people because it can be embarrassing. People are ashamed that they have this. Even if it's like you start to lose your eyesight, it could be the littlest thing, but you feel like 
you feel like it's your fault, you know? And mm-hmm. when it comes to gaining body fat and it comes to becoming unhealthy like that, it's not all your fault. Like you're, you're a huge factor in the whole thing, but it, it's, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Maybe when you were young, uh, somebody didn't handle it correctly when you would eat bad food. Maybe they said, hey, you know what? You're fat enough. You need to put that down. And it's like, well, shit, man. Of course that person's going to have some issues with food, you know? Like that's a shitty I – didn't, I didn't grow up with that, so I don't know what that's like. So, of course, people are going to be heavy from that. The factor here is to understand that nobody makes you do anything. So even though somebody may have, quote, unquote, made you feel a certain way, um, and it may have caused some psychological damage. Those are all things that you adopted and you kept and you harbored those things. And you can get yourself out of those things too. Cause it's all about how you interpret what they said. Mm-hmm. Look at, look at, uh, kids that are abused or, um, situations where a dad walked out on a family. I, I always talk about Shaquille O'Neal. His dad walked out on him when he was young and he said, you're going to know Shaquille's like, you're going to know who I am. Like, you're going to know my name. You don't want anything to do with me, but like, you're going to, you're going to find out a lot about me because I'm going to be a determined son of a bitch. And you're going to, you're going to learn about me. So he went on to become famous and his dad kind of tried to come back into the picture and stuff like that. But that was his interpretation of his dad leaving where other, somebody else might say, Oh, you know, like I grew up without a dad. I don't know how to be a man and I don't know how to take care of myself. And I don't know. Mark, just a little bit, just letting you know, take care further away. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So a lot of it comes down to uh, your interpretation. And you know, you got one person might think like their dad walked out on them and they might think they can never be loved again by somebody or they did something wrong. The other person might just think, you know what, I'm going to use that as fuel. And that's going to be fuel to uh, help me get ahead of people. And when I'm a dad, I'm going to be a super dad. I'm not going to be a dad like that. And so, you know, you got different ways of interpreting things. And I think ultimately uh, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And there's a really outside of Paul checks, one, two, three, four, overcoming obesity and disease, which addresses what you mentioned. There's also a really great uh, author, Dr. Stefan Walensky. Uh, he's like the founder of quantum psychology. And basically, mm. I mean, in short, basically, you know how you have like a thought and then you have like the spaciousness and then another thought pops up, you know? Right. And then in between thoughts, there's like this unknown black hole of basically spaciousness. So uh, in short, I mean, his interpretation is like basically objective reality uh, has no meaning until you put meaning on it. So oftentimes people right. use this spaciousness and depending on their, you know, programming, like basically childhood programming, in his case, in the womb, uh, they would sense the spaciousness and they would interpret it as emptiness uh, mm. in an example, you know, in one example, yeah. they would interpret that emptiness as like lack of adequacy, like I'm inadequate. So that would be like their false core. And then they would interpret, uh, then they would try to overcompensate. So by becoming extra adequate, you know, like being yeah, like, right, right. very successful, et cetera, whatever their interpretation of adequacy is. But then it's right. setting up a cascade of events because now you've reached an incorrect hypothesis and you based your entire personality on that incorrect hypothesis. So you can't <laughs> answer, which basically leads you into a misalignment of your core values, which leads you into the relationships you don't want to be in, uh, the work environment you don't want to be in. Also, maybe a sense of emptiness, which leads to, uh, you know, like a lot of stress in the body, which leads to a belief system that doesn't facilitate health conscious choices, which leads to poor lifestyle and nutrition choices, which then leads to weight gain. So it's a pretty good, uh, like very clear etiology chart. I highly recommend it for anyone. That way it's like when you have these things, like these uncontrollable things of like, oh, I can't stop eating. You at least have like a blueprint of you can follow, like, why is this happening, you know? And then if you're honest with yourself and you do you know, the deep research of educating yourself and then doing that trial and error in the real world, I really feel like literally anyone with maybe one or two good mentors here and there can find their health and become like very healthy and like feel great mentally and physically. 
it's amazing that like um you know when when you talk about obesity i don't really hear people talk about this side of it enough um most often where you find obesity and some people would say 100 percent, but uh when you find kind of severe obesity you're going to find trauma you know I, i've actually had friends where i've had conversations with them yeah i waited a while it wasn't like i said it on day one when we met but uh after getting to know them better just kind of say hey man like why don't you tell me what really happened, you know? And they're like, huh? I'm like, well, what really happened? Like, where's it? There's, there's probably something that happened because like just a lot of this doesn't add up. You've been, you've been quote unquote, trying to lose weight for a while and uh, it's not working out. And then they break down and they say this happened, that happened. And then I'm able to kind of walk them through some of the stuff that we just talked about. Like I just, I, um, I didn't learn this from anybody in the nutrition field. I just happened to, uh, <laughs> you know, do a deep dive myself and ended up landing on people similar to what you're talking about. People like David Deutsch and people that, um, that just think when you, when you start to explore outside of the uh, content that you're spoon fed from the industry that you're in, you end up finding a lot of parallels and you end up finding a, uh, I would kind of refer to as like universal laws that are applicable across the board to everything. And then sometimes people are like, well, what in the hell are you talking about now? Because they're like, Hey, I thought this was calories in calories out. <laughs> and it's like, well, it, you know, it, it sometimes can be, um, it sometimes can have to do with exercise. It sometimes can have to do with the food, but oftentimes it's just going to have to, uh, we're really just dealing with, uh, human behavior. And uh, human behavior is very expensive. If you look at um, why do we have, uh, you know, police officers and why do we have so many different things? It's like because we have to deal with we have to deal with human behavior and, it, you know, trying to figure out uh, how to, like people, people kind of know in general how they should act. <laughs> Uh, but there's that we have polarity, you know, we have that one's really debatable, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another separate podcast, uh, yeah, it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, well, it, like it can be, but I think that, um, I think, I think that there's at least some stuff that a, uh, I'll, I'll say it this way. I think there's some stuff that a good percentage of the population would probably agree upon. And you're hundred percent correct. It would matter like where these people grew up. It would matter their religious beliefs their preconceived notions would matter. But like, if you threw a, you know, if you're an adult and you threw a rock as hard as you could at a little kid's head, I mean, I think most people would say, Hey, look that, you know, nothing seems fair about that. But then somebody else can add some conjecture to that puzzle and say, Hey, what if that little kid pushed the baby into traffic and killed the baby? <laughs> you know, like there's, there's somebody else who might say, Hey, like, I want to see that kid get hurt because of what they did. But anyway, I just think that, so many things come down to uh, human behavior. And I think within us is, are the answers. And I think ultimately in your research, my research, the research, you know, of someone like Paul Check, really all it does is just highlights what he already probably knew inside of him from day one. Because um, we have this kind of intuition, this gut feeling. And I think we, we inherently know some of the right things to do, but then somebody puts it into a language that is like uh resonates with us that's beautiful to us where we're like that's what i've been trying to say or that's what i like you read some of these books and sometimes you're like you know give yourself a pat on the back because you're like i've been thinking a lot of these thoughts forever you know but a lot of times too you're attracted to it because you know this is these are thoughts that you've been thinking and you know it's going to align with your thoughts it goes even further than that but that's how i always end up in these psychological conversations well, what's your take? I have this hypothesis that I've been working on. Uh, what's your take on, can you be healthy living in civilized society? Uh, I would argue that I'm trying, I'm, it's still kind of like a really, kind of like a hypothesis basically, but I would argue like you can't uh, because for, for a myriad of reasons, but I don't want to take it away from you. What's, what's your take? Can you be healthy living in like civilized society can you optimize your mental and physical health yeah we would have to establish uh you know what we mean by healthy like can you live to be uh you know the uh, 
to be the age of uh, whatever the average like death rate is or whatever, you live to be, you know, if it's men, it's like 76 or 80 or whatever, right? Like, uh, can you, I guess healthy to me would be, uh, well, it's really hard to define, but I guess in my case, it would be, you know, like I had children, you know, and I'm really happy and pleased to, to be living this life with them and to have kind of uh, taken back my own health. I'm very proud of that. Um, having some success in business and earning some financial freedom is nice uh, in a sense that it gives you some convenience and gives you some peace of mind, but not necessarily the healthiest thing because uh, more money, more problems, I think. Um, but in, in general, to try to answer that question the best, I do think so. And I think one of the key components to that is, is to not allow yourself to accumulate on anything, not allow, not allow yourself to accumulate on anything that you would agree is not serving you well. So the overconsumption of the internet, the overconsumption of social media, the overconsumption of pornography, the overconsumption of food, um, we are big time consumers um, and you're, you're consuming what, what you consume doesn't have to become your outcome, but it ultimately will become your outcome mm -hmm. if all you're ever doing is consuming. So if you're watching porn every day, like, I'm sorry, like that's going to turn into something that's probably not great because it's probably going to excuse the pun, probably going to pull on something else uh, in mm -hmm. your life. And, uh, be a factor that may be detrimental, may may uh, lead to you uh, missing out on just uh, some really good opportunities. Whether your heart is healthy and your brain and uh, some of these things, I think we're seeing, you know, a good amount of people do it. I, I do wonder, well, if we make it to 2050, then we, we reach singularity and we don't have to worry about this anymore, right? Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to save this episode and I'll replay it back. I should be alive by that year still. So. Yeah, I think all we have to do is make it there and then we can live uh, forever and we can talk about this topic uh, in, the <laughs> in the future. Maybe maybe we'd have to be sent back in time to destroy this episode because of uh, everything we revealed on here is so valuable. I'll start playing the Terminator theme song at this point when I re-edit it. <laughs> it's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I really, uh, I really love and appreciate uh, this kind of conversation. I know that like some of my fans of like the powerlifting games and stuff, they, they, uh, they aren't always so happy about it. But I think it's important to really explore your mind and explore, uh, you know, what, what are the, what's the root, what's at the root, you know, like where, what's, um, let's solve the problems on the level at which mm -hmm. they exist, or at least search for them there, you know and dig yeah. around on it what, what was the name of that author of that book that you said i gotta check this guy out he has like a bunch of books but his name is uh dr stefan walensky my favorite is um uh probably the way of the human like volume two and three volume one is good as well uh he probably has like 30 books i only read maybe like seven of them or eight of them at this point uh really really interesting stuff and i feel um i've never seen anyone go like as deep as he has in the field of psychology. Uh, at least I haven't, you know, maybe there are some people out there, but I haven't and a lot of the uh, uh, the, the people I present his work to other like psychology, they always agree with me that that would be the case as well. So really high, uh, really interesting. It's nice, to, it's nice to know that there's still people out there that uh, kind of represent um, being multiple things, you know, like uh, I think our, uh, you know, the Stoics and some of these people that we looked up to from a long time ago um, are people that were, you know, studying the stars and uh, studying the earth and studying the sea, but also they were philosophers. Um, they were inventors. They were create like that kind of stuff. We don't really see or hear much of it anymore. It's, I think because I think a lot of times those things just, um, uh, like somebody like a David Joyce that I'm mentioning, like he, he's not Michael Jordan, you know, he's not put up on a pedestal or he's not Tom Brady. He doesn't throw touchdown passes. You know, he's not, he's not big and jacked. He's skinny <laughs> and uh, doesn't like a lot of these people don't look like 
the uh, savior of the world, but they, they might have ideas and concepts that are um, that clear things up so well for us that maybe like maybe it'd be possible to avoid uh, certain conflicts. Maybe it would be easier to solve problems. I mean, if um, imagine if the guy that you're talking about was the president during COVID, like what would have, you know, like it just, it just, it, it brings up some interesting questions. Not like he would have been able to save the world from it, but um, there's always a better way. And that's what I'm always in search of. So if I have to listen, I'll listen to some really boring stuff. I'm sure you've, must have done it before i'm not much of a reader so i usually listen to books or listen to podcasts and stuff but i will sift through stuff that makes me want to almost drive off the road sometimes <laughs> well, at least you have a strategy of how to get to sleep at night you know <laughs> yeah i will dig through it because i know that there's something in there that's that's worth it mm-hmm. and um i think uh we need more people that are <clears throat> That are open to criticism and conjecture to get to the right answers. We need to fail fast and we need to figure stuff out as quickly as possible. We need to get more people that say, hey, you know what? Uh, I had that theory the other day and I need to come back and tell you all that uh, I was incorrect. Um, I'd like to change my answer. Those are always the smartest people. Um, I feel like, especially with those, do that. Yeah, I, feel, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like especially with this COVID thing, I mean, it just makes sense like for example like the whole universal health care thing was a uh, big like i don't know five years ago or something with obama and i was right. like man um like if you just took like literally a small fraction of the amount of money that a universal health care system would cost and reinvested basically for lack of a better phrase into brainwashing kids from elementary school through high school on how to you know have basic movement Uh, how to have like injury-free movement throughout the day, how to have nonviolent forms of communication, like what real food is, uh, you know, what chronic stress is and how to avoid it. Just in those things, if they just got like an amateur understanding of those topics, not only will you at the same time be able to have a universal healthcare system because a lot less people would use it, but you would also just have like a much more uh, health conscious and just healthy population overall. Because right now, Last time I checked, uh, obesity cost America $200 billion a year, cost the American taxpayer. $200 billion every single year. Like you could just reinvest that money into health education in the school and it would solve itself. And who knows how much money it would save long-term. I don't know if you agree with that, like uh, that basic outlook. I don't know, for me, common sense, but when I bring it up to like some people, they think I'm like crazy, you know? Like, what do you mean we don't need like all this medicine that hasn't been making any people help much healthier anyways. You know? I'm like, I think it's a mag- magnificent point. And I think that um, what you're doing is you're, you're kind of rewinding stuff. You're like, okay, uh, washing your hands sounds like a good idea. I'm on board with that. Okay. Wearing a mask. That's not that bad. I can do that. Stay six feet apart from people. All right. I can handle that. Mark, can you speak Mark. a little closer to the mic? Oh, yep. Gotcha. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, people are thinking of, uh, they're thinking of like immediate solutions. So yeah, washing your hands isn't a bad idea. Wearing a mask isn't a bad idea. Staying six feet apart is not a bad idea. But what if we could go back and try to make it so that even if for some reason someone didn't wash their hands and if I did shake somebody's hand and if I wasn't six feet apart and I forgot my mask, that a lot of it, not necessarily irrelevant, but a lot of it may matter less if we're healthier going into these things and where it would matter even less is that the person that you shook the hands with, if they were practicing the same thing, they're most likely not sick either. Mm-hmm. What happened with COVID-19, I don't know if it'll ever be, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but at some point, uh, I, I just think they can't keep a lid on this thing for, for too long. I, I just think it was a really overhyped um, dramatization Mm-hmm. of uh it, a lot of people did die from it so i'm it's like I, every time i say this people are like what about the people that died like i know a lot of people have died um but that's actually very open to interpretation as well and the science mm-hmm. i don't know if we'll ever figure out how many people actually died from it but in addition to that side of it um i just think that people getting tested for something that they don't even feel symptoms of is just really odd to me I have a hard time. I, I understand, you know, people are like, they want to get tested 
to see if they should keep distance away from other people because they may be asymptomatic and uh, they may have something and then pass it on to an elderly family member. And But I think a lot of these things could be avoided by doing some of the stuff that you're saying. You know, just be, be a healthy person. Be a person that tries to live a healthy lifestyle. If you have somebody in your family that you're concerned about, maybe stay away from them for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were, even if you get tested, you get tested every week. And then there's a lot of false positives and the, the, the testing, from what I hear, the testing is still not very good. I listened to a guy named Ivor Cummins and a few other people. And I've had a lot of people on my podcast who are way smarter than me about this type of stuff come on and just say, look, when they test, you know, the, the test is, uh, you know, it's only testing this certain thing. And a certain thing is could, could show that they have COVID um, even when have uh previous vaccines i mean there's all kinds of things that can make it show up so mm-hmm. i just think i think the the measures that we took were kind of based on uh a lot of things that were um overblown i guess i'd say i remember even elon musk posted one time on his twitter he got <laughs> for covid like four times in a row by the same device right. same nurse etc and they came back different like every time yeah, there's things like that. And, and what I mentioned in the very beginning, and, and I, I don't consider myself like a rocket scientist or anything, but I just said, you know, uh, whoever's in charge and whoever, you know, can make the decisions on this, if it's President Trump or whoever. And I shot a video about it and I posted it and people got pretty pissed. But I just said, basically, I think they should try to get the uh, leading experts in the world together. And uh, but not just experts in the field, you know, get people that are outside the field. And why not have Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and some of these people who knows how to ship stuff better than uh, Jeff Bezos? Do you think Jeff Bezos is not going to be able to get enough vaccines out to people? I mean, these people are they have so much money and so much power. The United States government has relied on people like this in our history. So I was kind of disappointed to see that we didn't uh, kind of Manhattan Project this thing and, you know, pull some of the smartest people that we possibly could. And not just in the United States, but in the world, you know, for, for the world. There's a world world pandemic, not just the United States. So I, I'm kind of shocked that uh, something like that wasn't uh, at least examined, you know. What would it hurt? Yeah. Well, Mark, uh, do you have like any do you have like any closing statements that you want to include before before we cut it off? No, man. Thank you so much for your uh, uh, love the questions. And it's great to um, talk about some different things that aren't just, uh, that aren't only fitness. You know, I like talking about lots of stuff. Yeah, which is cool, which is cool. Really, so. yeah. I was like, oh man, I don't want to have like another, how many reps should I do to increase my one rep max, you know? <laughs> Conversation <laughs> right. country has a lot more to offer than that. So I appreciate it, man. And thank you for your time. And it's honestly like really good to meet you. Been following you for a while. So uh, happy to finally get get a chance to chat with you. I guess I would like to say one thing in closing here is that like some of the stuff we talked about when we're talking about, you know, your interpretation of things. And even when we're talking about, when we talked about food, we talked about the 10 minute walks. Um, we didn't really talk much about the sunlight or vitamin D or any of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, but, you know, share these things with your kids, you know, get, get outside with your children. If you're somebody that's listening to this and you have kids or um, if you don't have kids, if you have parents, um, that live close by. See if you can get them to go with you. I walk with my dad just about every single morning um, at about from about 6 to 7 p.m. every morning. It's a great time for us to get together, have some conversation. Um, the sun's not always out at that time, so we don't always get our vitamin D at that time, but um, it just brings us closer together. You know, take out the family dog, get with your son, get your daughter, whoever you got, a friend, anybody. Um, you have a family member that's, uh, you know, overweight or that, you know, wants to get back in shape. They have a bad back or bad this or bad that. And we all know people like this, call them up, text them, say, Hey, let's, uh, let's, instead of meeting them for lunch or meeting them for coffee, or we can't really meet people the same way that we were able to before, but, uh, I don't think anybody's going to stop you from hitting up a 10 minute walk and the foods that you eat and the, different things that you're learning on podcasts and from a podcast like this 
share those with your kids. They're never too young to learn some of these things. I think the younger that they are, they learn some of this stuff, uh, the better place that we'll end up living in. So there you have it. Cool. Well, th thanks again, Mark. I'll include all your info in, um, in the description section if anyone wants to contact you, okay? Great. Thanks again. I appreciate it, man. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm curious, have you ever been confused by the labels in the grocery store? In Yevgeny's book, he demystifies the difference between caged, cage-free, free-range, and pasture-raised meats. He also covers how to avoid GMOs, source high-quality water, fish, supplements, and other related topics. It's a beautifully illustrated, non-technical read that comes with a comprehensive video series and other extended learning materials. Jump on Amazon and check out the book titled Anti-Factory Farm Shopping Guide by Evgeny Trefkin.